chapter twenty nine of our friend the charlatan this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org our friend the charlatan by george gissing chapter twenty nine when you receive this letter you will have already seen the result i knew how it would be but tried to hope because you were hoping my pole is better than that of the last liberal candidate but hollingford remains a tory stronghold shall i come to see you i am worn out utterly exhausted and can scarcely hold the pen perhaps a few days at the seaside would do me good but what right have i to idle if you would like me to come please wire to alverholme rectory possibly you would rather i didn't bring my gloom now you have len with you and are enjoying yourself above all be quite frank if you are too disappointed to care to see me in heaven's name say so you needn't fear its effect upon me i should be glad to have done with the world but i have duties to discharge i wish you could have heard my last speech there were good things in it you shall see my address of thanks to those who voted for me i must try to get it widely circulated for as you know it has more than local importance breakspeare good fellow says that i have a great career before me i grin and can't tell him the squalid truth there are many things i should like to speak about my brain is feverishly active i must try to rest another twenty-four hours of this strain and the results would be serious in any case wire to me yes or no if it is no i shall say so be it and begin at once to look out for some way of earning bread and cheese we shall be friends all the same mrs woolstan was at eastbourne having read lashmore's letter she brooded for a few minutes then betook herself to the post-office and telegraphed to come at once a few hours later she received a telegram informing her that lashmore would reach eastbourne at eleven o'clock on the next morning at that hour she waited in her lodgings on the sea-front a cab drove up lashmore was shown into the room he looked indeed much the worse for his agitations his hand was hot he moved languidly and seemed to be too tired to utter more than a few words are you alone quite len is down on the shore and won't be back till half-past one would you mind if i lay down on the sofa of course not replied iris regarding him anxiously you're not ill i hope he took her hand and pressed it against his forehead with the most melancholy of smiles having dropped onto the couch he beckoned iris to take a chair beside him what can i get for you she asked you must have some refreshment sleep sleep he moaned musically if i could but sleep a little but i have so much to say don't fuss you know how i hate fuss no no i don't want anything i assure you but i haven't slept for a week give me your hand how glad i am to see you again so you still have faith in me you don't despise me what nonsense said iris allowing him to hold her hand against his breast as he lay motionless his eyes turned to the ceiling you must try again that's all at hollingford it was evidently hopeless yes i made a mistake if i could have stood as a conservative i should have carried all before me it was lady ogram's quarrel with rob which committed me to the other side iris was silent panting a little as if she suppressed words which had risen to her lips he turned his head to look at her of course you understand that party names haven't the least meaning for me by necessity i wear a ticket but it's a matter of total indifference to me what name it bears 
my object has nothing to do with party politics but for lady ogram's squabbles i should at this moment be member for hollingford but would it be possible asked iris with a flutter to call yourself a conservative next time i've been thinking about that he spoke absently his eyes still upwards it is pretty certain that the conservative side gives me more chance it enrages me to think how i should have triumphed at hollingford i could have roused the place to such enthusiasm as it never knew the great mistake of my life but what choice had i lady ogram was fatal to me he groaned and let his eyelids droop it is possible that at the general election a liberal constituency may invite me in that case of course he broke off with a weary wave of the hand but what's the use of thinking about it i must look for work do you know i have thoughts of going to new zealand oh that's nonsense try to realize my position he raised himself on his elbow after my life of the last few months will it be very enjoyable to become a subordinate to work for wages to sink into obscurity does it seem to you natural do you think i shall be able to bear it he had begun to quiver with excitement as iris kept silence he rose to a sitting position and continued more vehemently don't you understand that death would be preferable a thousand times imagine me me at the beck and call of paltry everyday people does it seem to you fitting that i should pay by such degradation for one or two trivial errors how shall i bear it i don't know but bear it i must i keep reminding myself that i am not a free man if once i could pay my debt oh don't talk about that exclaimed iris on a note of distress what do i care about the money no but i care about my honour cried lashmar if i had won the election all would have been different my career would have begun do you know what i should have done in that case i should have come to you and have said i am a member of parliament it is to you that i owe this more than to any one else will you do yet more for me will you be my companion in the life upon which i am entering share all my hopes help me to conquer that is what i meant to do but i am beaten and i can only ask you to have patience with your miserable debtor he let his face fall on to the head of the sofa and shook with emotion there was a short silence then iris her cheeks flushing lightly touched his hair at once he looked up gazed into her face what you still believe in me enough for that yes replied iris her eyes down and her bosom fluttering enough for that ah but be careful think he looked at her with impressive sadness your friends will tell you that you are marrying a penniless adventurer have you the courage to face all that kind of thing i know you better than my friends do replied iris taking in both her own the hand he held to her my fear she added again dropping her eyes and fluttering is that you will some day repent never never it would be the blackest ingratitude he spoke so fervently that the freckled face became rosy with joy it was so near to his that the man in him claimed warmer tribute and iris grew rosier still haven't you always loved me a little she whispered if i had only known it answered lashmar the victor's smile softened with self-reproach my ambition has much to answer for forgive me iris there's something else i must say dear she murmured after all i have so little and there is len you know why of course do you imagine i should wish to rob him no 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 she panted but it is such a small income after all i'm afraid we ought to to be careful at first of course we must we shall live as simply as possible and then you mustn't suppose that i shall never earn money it's only waiting for one's opportunity a silence fell between them lashmar's amorous countenance had an under note of thoughtfulness iris smiling blissfully none the less reflected 
what are you thinking of he asked gently only how happy i am i haven't the slightest fear i know you have great things before you of course we must make use of our friends may i write to mrs toplady and tell her she spoke without looking at him and so was spared the interpretation of muscular twitches certainly do you know whether she is still in london i don't know but probably not don't you think she may be very useful to us i've always found her very nice and kind and she knows such hosts of people lashmar had his own thoughts about mrs toplady but the advantage of her friendship was undeniable happily he had put it out of her power to injure him by any revelation she might make concerning may tomlin his avowal to iris that may had been undisguisedly in love with him would suffice to explain anything she might hear about the tragic comedy at rivenoak whether the lady of pont street could be depended upon for genuine goodwill was a question that must remain unsettled until he had seen her again she had bidden him to call upon her at all events and plainly it would be advisable to do so as soon as possible yes he answered reflectively she is a person to be reckoned with it's possible her advice might be worth something in the difficulty about liberal or conservative she is intelligent enough i think to understand me on that point yes you might write to her at once if i were you i would speak quite frankly you know her well enough for that don't you frankly how well i mean that you might say we have really been fond of each other for a long time and that well that fate has brought us together in spite of everything that kind of thing you know yes yes exclaimed iris that's just what i should like to say their talk grew calmly practical the last half-hour of it was concerned with pecuniary detail her eye on the clock for leonard was sure to enter very soon mrs woolstan gave a full account of her income enumerating the securities which were in the hands of her trustee mr Rybolt, and those which she had under her own control in the event of her remarriage mr Rybolt's responsibility came to an end a circumstance very pleasing to lashmar when the schoolboy interrupted them their conversation was by no means finished after a cheerful lunch they resumed it on the seashore leonard being sent off to amuse himself as he would by tea-time it had been agreed that lashmar should at once give up his expensive london rooms and come down to eastbourne to recruit his health and enjoy iris's society until leonard went back to school the house at west hampstead should be their home for the first twelvemonth by that time they would see how things were going and be able to make plans early in the evening lashmar took a train for town at his lodgings he found several letters two of them were important constance bride's handwriting indicated the envelope to be first torn open she wrote concisely and with her usual clearness the ill news from hollingford had been a grief to her but it was very satisfactory to see that lashmar had reduced the conservative majority you have gained some very useful experience which i hope you may before long have an opportunity of using please send me a statement of the election expenses as soon as you can you remember the understanding between us in that matter i am soon leaving england for a few weeks but a letter directed as above will always reach me the address referred to was that of a well-known society for social reform in the west of london his hand tremulous with the anger which this curt epistle had excited lashmar broke an envelope on the flap of which was printed in red letters the pont street address so familiar to him mrs toplady wrote more at length she took the trouble to express her disappointment at the result of the hollingford election in courteously rounded terms 
our dear old friend of rivenoak would have found some apt phrase to describe such a man as butterworth wasn't she good at that kind of thing how i have laughed to hear her talk of the late lamented rob you have the satisfaction of knowing that you got more votes than any liberal has done at hollingford for many years so the papers tell me in fact you have made a very good start indeed and i am sure the eye of the party will be on you lashmar glowed he had not expected such words from mrs toplady after all iris had given him good advice who knew but this woman might be more useful to him than lady ogram had been do you care for news of miss tomalin the latter continued after spending two or three days with me she grew restless and took rooms for herself i am afraid to tell you the truth that she is a little disappointing it is perhaps quite as well that a certain romantic affair which was confided to me came to nothing a week after she left my house i received a very stiff not to say impertinent letter in which the young lady informed me that she was about to marry a mr yabsley of northampton a man to quote her words of the highest powers and with a brilliant future already assured to him this seemed to me i confess a little sudden but at least it had the merit of being amusing perhaps i may venture to hope that you are already quite consoled remember me i beg to miss bride are you likely to be in this part of the world during the holidays if anywhere near do come and see me and we will talk about that striking philosophical theory of yours lashmar bit his lip all at once he saw mrs toplady's smile and it troubled him none the less did he ponder her letter re-reading it several times presently he mused with uneasiness on the fact that iris might even now be writing to mrs toplady would her interest in him she seemed indeed to be genuinely interested survive the announcement that after all he was not going to marry constance bride but had declined upon an insignificant little widow with a few hundreds a year was not this upshot of his adventures too beggarly had mrs toplady been within easy reach he would have gone to see her but she wrote from the north of scotland he could only await the result of iris's letter to the news concerning may tomlin he gave scarcely a thought mr yabsley of northampton exceeding weariness sank him for a few hours in sleep but before dawn he was tossing again on the waves of miserable doubt why had he not waited a little before going to see iris if only he had received this letter of mrs toplady in time it would have checked him or so he thought was it the malice of fate which had ordained that on his way to eastbourne he should not have troubled to look in at his lodgings how many such wretched accidents he could recall was he instead of being fortune's favourite simply a poor devil hunted by ill-luck doomed to lose every chance why not he as well as another such men abound he had not yet taken the irretrievable step until he was actually married a hope remained to him he might postpone the fatal day his purse was not yet empty why should he be too strict in the report of his election expenses to constance every pound in his pocket meant a prolongation of liberty a new horizon of the possible two days later he was back again at eastbourne he had taken a cheap little lodging and yielded himself to seaside indolence a week passed then iris heard from mrs toplady she did not at once show lashmar the letter she awaited a moment when he was lulled by physical comfort into a facile and sanguine humour mrs toplady must have been in a hurry when she wrote this was her remark as with seeming carelessness she produced the letter of course she has an enormous correspondence i shall hear again from her no doubt before long one side only of the note-paper was covered in formal phrase the writer said that she was glad to hear 
of her friend's engagement and wished her all happiness not a word about their future meeting not an allusion to lashmar's prospects if iris had announced her coming marriage with some poor clerk mrs topley could not have written less effusively there's an end of her interest in me dyce remarked with a nervous shrug iris protested and did her best to put another aspect on the matter but without success for twenty-four hours lashmar kept away from her she offended tried to disregard his absence but at length sped to make inquiries fearful lest he should be driven to despair at the murky end of a wet evening they paced the esplanade together you don't love me said iris on a sob it is because i love you he replied glooming that i can't bear to think of you married to such a luckless fellow as i am dearest she whispered am i ruining you do you wish to be free again tell me the truth i think i can bear it the next day saw them rambling in sunshine lashmar amorous and resigned iris flutteringly hopeful and with such alternations did the holiday go by when leonard returned to school their marriage was fixed for ten days later shortly before leaving eastbourne iris had written to mr wrybolt already they had corresponded on the subject of her marriage this last letter concerning a point of business which required immediate attention remained without reply puzzled by her trustee's silence iris soon after she reached home went to see him at his city office she learnt that mr wrybolt was out of town but would certainly return in a day or two again she wrote again she waited in vain for a reply on a dull afternoon near the end of september as she sat thinking of lashmar and resolutely seeing him in the glorified aspect dear to her heart and mind the servant announced mr barker this was the athletic young man in whose company she had spent some time at gorleston before lashmar's coming his business lay in the city he knew mr wrybolt and through him had made mrs woolstan's acquaintance the face with which he entered the drawing-room portended something more than a friendly chat iris had at one time thought that this young man felt disposed to offer her marriage was that his purpose now and did it account for his odd look i want to ask you mr barker began abruptly whether you know anything about wrybolt have you heard from him lately iris replied that she herself wished to hear of that gentleman who did not answer her letters and was said to be out of town that so is it exclaimed the young man with a yet stranger look on his face you really have no idea where he is none whatever and i particularly want to see him so do i said mr barker smiling grimly so do several people you'll excuse me i hope mrs woolstan i knew he was a friend of yours and thought you might perhaps know more about him than we did in the city i mustn't stay iris stared at him as he rose a vague alarm began to tremble in her mind you don't mean that anything's wrong she panted we'll hope not but it looks queer oh cried iris he has money of mine he is my trustee i know that please excuse me i really mustn't stay oh but tell me mr barker she clutched at his coat-sleeve is my money in danger i can't say but you certainly ought to look after it get someone to make inquiries at once that's my advice i really must go he disappeared leaving iris motionless in amazement and terror End of chapter twenty nine